0: This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin, with support from New Zealand On Air.
1: The Open Road Programme, funded by the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, uh, operates in 11 locations around New Zealand, including Ōtipohti Dunedin. It's uh, a driver training programme that enables practical driver education to former refugees. Here to talk a little bit more about this morning, uh, local coordinator Dimple Palmo, uh, Dimple, and Morena, great to have you with us. Thanks for coming in.
0: Morena, thanks for having me.
1: So tell us a little bit more about this program. How would you describe its purpose?
0: I think the best way to s- to describe this program is it is something that is enabling our former refugee clients to settle in Dunedin, mm. to have purpose to actually start getting jobs and be independent. So, um, And we do that with the help of um, volunteers who run the program for us.
1: So when we're talking about former refugees, specifically who can qualify for Open Road?
0: Um, So um, clients who come from a former refugee background, so quarter refugees, convention refugees, asylum seekers, so anybody with a refugee background, and also um, children of former refugees.
1: So how does the program, how do you initially make contact with someone who might benefit from open road?
0: So initially when MB had start, well um, this program initially started in Hamilton it was run by the Hamilton Multicultural Services Trust and they subcontracted to Red Cross I was working at that stage with Red Cross and so our Um, former refugee clients, when they came for settlement in New Zealand, um, Red Cross has the contract to work with those clients. And so it was a good collaboration to actually get clients referred through Red Cross. Mm. And that system is still in play, even though at this stage we have moved back to HMS Trust, which is Hamilton Multicultural Services Trust.
1: Okay. I imagine many former refugees have licenses in their own countries, they're perhaps used to driving under very different conditions than we face here. Um, what do you hear about the challenges that they face in terms of, uh, of getting on board and, and getting competent and confident on our roads?
0: So, firstly, not all of our ref- uh, former refugee clients actually have driven. Many of our current clients and past clients had never actually driven in their countries either, most of them being um, the, the women Um, in most of our clients um, in their countries, women did not drive, did not have access to driving because their husbands or their brothers or their sons would drive them. So um, the biggest challenge that we are facing to date is language. Mm. Um, Yes, it is understanding the road rules and understanding the, the road rules in New Zealand, driving on the different side of the road, for example, also. All of that is a big, big challenge, but the understanding of English. A lot of clients who have the English, is that's not a problem. But by and large, um, our our clients have very minimal English and understanding our volunteers in the car is a problem, understanding the the road code in English is a problem, sitting for the test and being nervous um, about driving, sitting a test, um, you know just be nervous sitting next to someone they have never met before. That is the biggest challenge when language is, you know, someone else that they've never spoken to. The accent, the intonation that they use is completely different to um, to what they're facing in the car on a daily basis. So language is a big problem, yes. The challenges of understanding road rules is another problem. Um, just... Just the having the confidence is the biggest challenge, and our volunteers are really, really good. They make our clients feel comfortable, you know. So they are teaching, holding hands and teaching. So um, it's a, it's a it's a very kind approach.
1: And and in, in the situations you've described, there really is no other way for uh, former refugees with that language barrier. To to gain the necessarily driving qualifications, it needs to be a program like this because you've got to match them with an appropriate mentor. Absolutely,
0: there's a there's a very specific pairing exercise that goes into it because then you know if somebody has um, special needs or is is very very nervous, then I would have to put them with a mentor um, who has done this program. A lot of times so they are able to understand um, the challenges that this person is going to come into the car with so um, yes there is often you know um, most of our female clients being of the islamic um, faith they do not want to have a male teacher so try as much as possible to pair them with a female teacher
1: so tell us a little bit more about um, how mentors are part of this program, how they come on board and how you make sure you've got the resources that you need for them.
0: So mentors are literally the backbone of our um, of our program. So what we do is um, there's an ability to um, apply to become a mentor, expression of interest. So we've advertised through um, Volunteer South. We advertise on Facebook, Facebook. Um, We've got flyers in the library and everywhere so there is avenues that um, we are in the forefront with so and we try and talk to as many people as possible word of mouth also so we recruit them we do train them so we give them the cultural training to understand the client base that we're working with we help them with our professional driving instructor who then teaches them how to teach we've got We've got also what we what we term as peer mentoring. So we've got mentors who have been on the program for a long time, who then allow the the new incoming mentors or prospective mentors for that matter to actually shadow them and and know and see what we are doing. So. Um, it's, it's a process so we've got resources, we've got the road rules, we, we give them enough resources, critical errors that we should be looking for and we've also all throughout the program have the driving instructor coming in at, at reasonable intervals to see what the progress of the learner driver is.
1: Yeah really good I mean what that does is it acknowledges that there are there are challenges for the learner but there are also challenges for the teacher right and Absolutely. you've got to make sure that that relationship's working well
0: Absolutely I mean volunteer refugees aren't professional driving instructors. They are just, you know, good, well-meaning people who are wanting to help and give the former refugee a second chance in a new country. So what we try and do is make sure that they are supported as much as possible. If they're finding it hard, then we do give them peer mentoring, then we do give them interpreters in the car as well. So we try and help them as much
1: as possible. And... How are we placed here in Autiporte, Dunedin at the moment for mentors, the people that you need?
0: At the moment, we are very, very low on mentors. I'm running a program with nine mentors at this stage. Um, Ideally, we'd love to have 15 to 16 mentors because there are mentors who take a break every now and then, you know, people who have got school-aged children will take time off during school holidays, and so we would love to have a a spare mentor, not spare mentor, sorry, um, a a mentor who has got the flexibility to jump in, to take over, to help. So, um, And often with full-time um, working people they can only help um, during the weekends so if say for example their learner driver needs a few extra lessons during the week then if we had a mentor who had the availability during the week then they could jump in and give the extra lessons so that we've helped a client as best as possible
1: Any particular l- language skills that you're looking for any any bases that aren't covered at the moment
0: At the moment um, We do not have Arabic-speaking mentors or Dari-speaking mentors, and that's our largest client base. Mm. So it would be amazing if we could get volunteers who spoke or at least understood so that um, the the communication in the car is easier.
1: Mm. And so what do you need From them is obviously the the language skill for a start, uh, driving ability is the other. Mm -hmm. But in terms of the other resources that they might need as a teacher, you can fall in around them and support them in that. Yeah,
0: definitely. It's a hands-on approach Mm. um, with our driving instructor as well as our other mentors. So we do um, have... Meetings where we get other mentors to talk to um, the new mentors. So once I've got new mentors, I organise a mentor catch-up. I haven't, I have to admit, done that lately because we haven't had new mentors. And with COVID and not having too many people in one site, we've not done that. But now I think we are coming to that stage where we're beginning to learn to live with Covid, and so we are working around all of that.
1: Gosh, yes, it took the steam out of almost every kind of one-on-one training situation, oh, didn't absolutely, it?
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, in the car, as small as ours, ours is a Spark Burina so it's um, it's it's a very tiny tiny car. To have a a, a one meter distance is not possible, mm. absolutely not possible. So we've we've taken health and safety as a priority so we make sure that in summer we've got windows open at least so that you know there's free-flowing air in between um, where we can't have um, where we can't have social distancing and we're wearing masks so right after COVID that's what we did we had masks as a mandatory thing that's only just come off when that was not made that was made you know um, optional Mm. so we do try our best to make sure both our learner drivers and our mentors are supported throughout.
1: Dimple, you've touched on this earlier, but let's talk about the transformation that successfully working through uh, the Open Road Programme uh, makes. What have you seen uh, in terms of the difference it makes for individuals?
0: Well, for starters, when we, when we initially began the programme in 2017, what, we, what the, the, the group that we worked with was the men in the family. So, because they needed to get their jobs so they had to go um, get their licences, get their jobs and they successfully did get jobs it was then the women in the house that was left with five children, four children that they had to go grocery shopping for, take them to school, take them to medical appointments and they had no means of driving, so what we've seen now is the women in the household coming in to get their licenses and the independence that they've achieved is amazing. I had a friend of mine who went to a school, gala, um, school um, function gala, I think it was, and um, she came back and she told me, you know what, there was this very, very tight space and your learner driver managed to park in reverse and she did it beautifully (laughs) and I thought you know what we've achieved something, we've actually taught them well, we've taught them right and then we've taught them to be independent they've taken their children without their husbands freely they're driving successfully they're driving legally so you know um, the transformation is I think giving that woman in the house that ability to actually just be free to do the driving, to go places, to meet her friends, which she wouldn't previously have been able to do. A lot of women have also gone to school, so they're going to Polytech and they're driving to Polytech, they're going to jobs and they're driving to jobs. So we've been a part of that, and that's an integral part of this program. It's all about making sure that we enable them to be independent.
1: We can expect uh, fresh cohorts of former refugees this year, can't we? Yes, Uh, we can.
0: And they're they're always coming. So
1: So the demand is going to only increase, really?
0: Well, the demand is steady at this stage. Mm. Um, A lot of families, because Dunedin is slightly colder, find it difficult to settle, um, they they would prefer a warmer city. But um, that's not to say that we're not getting, we are. So the demand is always there. It's a steady demand. Sometimes for us, it's demand is higher than what we can c- cater for.
1: Well, perhaps there's someone out there n- now listening, going, well, I, perhaps I can be part of this. Perhaps I can help Absolutely. out here as a mentor. What's the next step for them?
0: Oh, um, get in touch with us. My, um, if, if you go to the Open Road um, driving page in, on Facebook, we're there. Um, you can find my um, email address, if, if, if need be. Uh, very, very quickly, dimple, p um, at openroad.org.nz, or give me a call on 027. Three, five. Oh, good God. 027- <laughs> five,
1: 027 four, 576 four, Does that sound that right? I'll give it that right. one again. 027 yes. 027- five, four, 576 four,
0: That's the
1: one. Dimple, fantastic to talk to you this morning about this uh, amazing transformational program. Thank uh, you very uh, much for having me. Uh, let's hope that uh, you can get a little bit more in, uh, in the way of mentors on board to continue the program's strength here in Aotearoa and Eden. All mm-hmm. the best
0: can can i just say something very very quick of course um what we are looking for in terms of mentors is someone who's got who's had their um, their full New Zealand licence for two years, who is empathetic, who will be patient with our learner drivers, and who wants to learn about other cultures. So, you know, and also to have a clean police clearance.
1: Yeah, So that's okay. part of the requirement. Of course. Dimple, thanks so much for joining us. All the best for the continued to Open Road programme.
0: Thank you very much. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. Yeah.